So who are you? Who are you? Are you just the social security number or a credit score, a job title, a salary amount, an address, a screen name, a phone number? Who are you? There are two parts to who we are. There's the who we see and who you really are. There's the outward man and the inward man. 2 Corinthians 4.16 talks to Christians here, and it says this, Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. The Bible many times calls the outward man the flesh as well. And a, a morbid kind of way to say that is the meat, right? The flesh, the meat. Growing up with four boys in our family, uh, we had this saying, and it was, move your meat, lose your seat. And that was because everybody's always fighting over chairs, it seemed like, right? This, this certain chair. And that meant if you got up, it wasn't your seat anymore. Move your meat, lose your seat. But there's the outward man, the physical, the tangible and then there's the inward man. The Bible calls this the soul or the spirit. And we are a triune being because we're made in the image of God. There's a body, soul, and spirit. And we're not going to try and define the difference between the soul and the spirit. For the sake of clarity in this series, we're going to simply refer to the outward man and the inward man. Who we see and the real you. 3 John verse 2 says this, Beloved, I pray that all may go well with you and that you may be in good health as it goes well with your soul. Another version says that thou may prosper even as your soul prospers. See, this verse tells us that we can be healthy on the outside and look pretty good, but be unwell on the inside. So you could be thriving in your professional life, but dying in your personal life. Jesus said in Mark 8, 36, for what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? For what can man give in return for his soul? So you can have all the physical signs of success in your life, but if you neglect your soul, your inward man, was it really worth it? Judah Smith wrote a book on this subject called How's Your Soul? And I'm going to quote that. It's a good book. I recommend it. But when was the last time you really asked yourself, how am I really doing? The real me. Way back in Genesis 2, we see how we work and how we're put together and how we're made. The Bible tells us that God formed us out of the dust of the ground. He made us. All that you see here, we had form. Our eyes, our elbows, that little thing in the back of our throat. We had a body, but it was inanimate. It was lifeless until God breathed into us. Verse 7 says, God breathed into us the breath of life and man became alive. See, both the soul and the spirit both come from words that mean breath. See, we're just a lifeless form without God's breath inside of us. Our body is not what makes us a living creature. My soul is what makes me alive. And my soul is made of the breath of God. 
Judah Smith says we're all living on borrowed breath. See, our soul can be healthy and prosper, or it can be sick and feeble. Since I left Pennsylvania 13 years ago, I've lived in four different states, I've worked at three different churches, and I've lived in eight different houses. And my prayer is that I never have to move again. Creed Bratton says this, no matter how you get there or where you end up, human beings have this miraculous gift to make that place home. Isn't it amazing how you could go back to every place that you've lived and still get a whisper of that home feeling? Yeah, the pictures might be different, the paint color too, but this is the floor that my son learned to walk on. And this is the wall where I marked my daughter's height on. This was home. And now home is on Parkway Drive. That's where we hung the swing. That's where I take my belt off when I sit down. That's where we have all the smells that we remember, the sounds. It's the comfort of using your own bathroom. It's your chair. I don't know about you, but I have a chair, and it's fine if my family sits on it when I'm not there, but when I hit the door, those feet better hit the floor because I'm coming to sit in my chair. Why? Because that is home. And I firmly believe that God has given us this gift of this feeling at home. But I believe also that there are many people in this world that are restless and hopeless and anxious because their soul has no place to call home. Studies show that our quality of life is greatly improved if we have a physical place that we call home, a place of rest. But how much more does our soul and our inward man need a place of rest? We just showed from God's word that our soul's origin is the breath of God. That's where it comes from. Psalms 103 is one of the most beautiful chapters in the Bible. It starts off with this. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Like we mentioned, that word soul comes from the word breath. And the word bless means to affectionately and gratefully praise The chapter 103 ends with those words, bless the Lord, O my soul. See, the psalmist here is giving us a little hint about life, about what you were made to do. See, you were made to use that borrowed breath to affectionately and gratefully praise the one that gave you that breath. You were made to breathe out that praise. I've always thought that phrase was kind of weird, right? Bless the Lord, O my soul. What can I possibly do to bless God? But I bless God when I affectionately give back my breath and point my soul home, back to my maker. Check out verse 2 of Psalms 103. It says this again, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all of your iniquity, who heals all your disease, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with the steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Judah Smith says, when, our, when we use our soul, our borrowed breath, and turn it back into praise, there's something that resonates into the deepest core of who our being is that says, I think I might 
be home. Many times I've talked to visitors that have come for the first time here at Clarksburg Baptist Church, and they tell me, look, I know this is weird. I've been to church before, but there's something different. It wasn't like this. There's something different here. And I've even had people say, it feels like home. See, there's something about a room full of people blessing the Lord with their soul, forming that praise into breath that makes us feel at home. This world is full of nomadic souls, homeless souls. And we work with the Clarksburg Mission very closely, and I can tell you without a doubt that it's far more tragic to have a physical home, but your soul is homeless than to be homeless physically, but your soul is at rest at home. If you have any doubt about that, go and feed the mission. Come to CR and hear the worship. Yes, physically they might not have a place to hang their hat or an address, but their soul is kicked back in resting in Jesus. And there's something amazing and beautiful about that. See, you can own a 5,000 square foot house and be the most restless and aimless soul in town. That very last verse of the very last chapter in the book of Psalms, Psalms 156, says, Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. See, it's not just about the fact that God is worthy of your praise. It's the fact that God uh, gave you and made your soul to give back breath to God in praise. See, whatever you feel like, If you feel bad or good, God deserves your praise either way. I heard someone say once, don't let what's wrong with you stop you from praising what's right with God. When was the last time you went to God? Not to ask for anything, but simply to use your borrowed breath to bless him. And you just spent some time, God, I Love you. God, you're so good to me. God, you're so powerful. You're all-knowing. You're the King of kings. You're my Redeemer. You're the Lord Most High, the everlasting God, the Creator, the Sustainer, the Peacemaker. God, you're holy. You're righteous. God, you're the one that provides for me, the one that holds my future. God, I love you. When's the last time you spent some time at home? Because that is where your soul finds rest when you remember that you are just a speck of dust but God is this being that created the whole entire universe and breathed life into you you would think that would make you feel insignificant but it doesn't why because God took the time to make you and to form you and because he's your creator he loves you and he wants to spend time with you But home isn't really home when people are over, right? You know how that is, right? Can't really relax the same way when you've got guests over. Mom breaks out the good china. She gets out the good hand towel that you're not allowed to use in the bathroom. Everything's way cleaner than it normally is. Mom doesn't even really want you to sit on the couch because there's that one throw blanket that she's constantly straightening. See, mom's at home, but she's not really at home, right, when people are over. And we see that in Luke chapter 10 with Mary and Martha. And you know this story. Jesus comes into Mary and Martha's home. Martha is 
The older sister's frantic and running around. She's anxious and frustrated. Mary's just sitting in the middle of the living room listening to Jesus. Not worried at all that there might be dust on the mantle or crumbs on the table. And Martha gets so passive aggressive and mad and she yells across the house, Jesus, tell Martha to come and help me. But Jesus says in Luke 10, 41, Martha, Martha, you're anxious and troubled about many things. But one thing is necessary. One thing is necessary. And Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. See, Mary wasn't putting on airs. She wasn't running around looking for the DVD that she knew might be a little bit inappropriate. So she was going to throw it under the couch or something like that. She wasn't fixing her makeup. Mary was listening at the feet of Jesus. And Jesus says she's found it. Out of all of life, out of all the things that could be important, out of all the things in this world, Mary found it. Martha was restless, hopeless, and anxious. Martha had people over she had to impress, but Mary was at rest. She was at home. For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? What can a man give in return for his soul? That's the question today. Is your soul at rest? Is your soul healthy? Is your soul at home? You can have the whole world, but if your soul is out of whack, who cares? Hey, that thing that you just wish would take care of itself, if you had that, would you then be happy? If all of a sudden someone paid off your mortgage, would that really give you what you're looking for? If that relationship that you're so worried about all of a sudden was fixed and it was good and that person and you were just together, all the relationship with your parents that was so messed up when you, would that fix everything? Would all of a sudden you be good? I venture to say that if your soul is at home, nothing else matters. If your soul is anxious and it doesn't know where to find itself, and you're going to be anxious no matter what. You're going to have worries no matter what. doesn't matter if you had the money in the bank. And you can tell that from society, right? Do the richest people in the world look like the happiest people in the world? Frequently they end their lives and they get divorced and remarried 75 times. And It's not what you find yourself in. That's not home. There's that old song that says, this world is not my home, I'm just a passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. See, this isn't our home. Home is where our story begins. And our story begins with the breath of God. See, you were made to use that borrowed breath to affectionately and gratefully praise the one that gave you that breath. 3 John, verse 2, we read, we'll read one more time. It says, Beloved, I pray that all may go well with you and that you may be in good health as it goes well with your soul. That's the question this morning. Is your soul at home today? Being a dad for eight years now, there's some things kids say a lot, right? I'm hungry. No, I don't want that. He hit me. 
Can I have that? But there's also this other one. You've heard it many, many times. I want to go home. I want to go home. Maybe that's you today. Maybe that's what your soul's saying right now. I want to go home. And up until now, you might not have even known where that really was. You've just known you've been searching for something. I want to go home. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. The band's going to come. But we're going to do something different. I want you to do no one looking around. I want you to draw a circle around yourself. Inside that circle is all that matters right now. Nothing outside of it matters. And I want you to ask yourself that question. How is my soul? And answer it honestly. Am I at rest? If not, why not? How's the real me? The inner me? Am I okay? I want you to take a minute right now to investigate that. Be brave enough to say, I'm going to look at myself. I'm really going to check in. How am I? doing.